0: We are in between sermon series. We just finished 2 Timothy, and in a couple of weeks we're going to start our journey through the book of Numbers, but we're going to do a Palm Sunday sermon today, we're going to do an Easter Sunday sermon next Sunday, and then we will jump into the book of Numbers. So today we are in Matthew twenty twenty nine through 34. Here's the word of the Lord. It says, And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that as we Look into your word this morning that you would fill our hearts with the good news of your Son, that you would fill us with that. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, so today is Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday where Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. The crowds shouted, Hosanna. It's his triumphal entry into the city of David. The verses I just read, verses 29-34 through of Matthew 20, happen right before that. They, They happen on that journey into Jerusalem. Probably the same day, not very long at all, before Jesus makes His famous entry into David's famous city, to Jerusalem. And so I thought this would be a great story to look at Today and it's really great for us right now, and I'll tell you why. This story is filled with good news. I don't know if you've noticed, but good news has been hard to find lately. I I, I like to um, hop on the the uh, different news websites. I'll check. Um, I'll check. It's fun to check CNN and then Fox News and and see the difference there. That's always fun. Uh, My favorite right now go-to website is um, WSBT up in South Bend because it covers northern Indiana stuff, but it also covers Michigan stuff, and I've got a lot of Michigan family, and so I I get to see that kind of local news on one website, so I, I go there often, and it's hard work to find good news. And even the good news you find on those websites, it's always cautiously optimistic. It's always based on projections. The beautiful thing about the news we see in this set of verses, this is not cautiously optimistic. This is just true. It's just true. Just believe it. This is not based on projections. This is based on Jesus, who is the same yesterday and today and forever. The Gospels teach us that that good news is a person and His name is Jesus and He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so our only agenda this morning, our only big plan for the sermon is to look at the good news of Jesus Christ that we see here in these verses. We're going to look at three reasons why Jesus Himself is such good news. That's all we're doing this morning. Three reasons why Jesus is such good news. Let's think about these three reasons together as we look at these verses. The first reason First thing that jumps out to us about Jesus is is number 1, the determination of Jesus. The determination of Jesus. This is the first reason why Jesus is such good news. The determination of Jesus. Verse 29 says, And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. This is amazing. And as they went out of Jericho, this is amazing. Why is that amazing? He went out of Jericho. Why, why is that amazing? Why does that matter? Why does that show Jesus' determination? What are you talking about? It's because of this particular trip that Jesus is on. This is amazing. The fact that Jesus is going to make this last leg of this journey, it's amazing because Jesus knows how this journey is going to end. If we were to jump back about ten verses, we would hear Jesus say this to His disciples. In verse 17 of Matthew 20, And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, He took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way He said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. And they will condemn Him to death. And deliver Him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And He will be raised on the third day. This is where Jesus is headed. When Jesus leaves Jericho in verse 29 and heads up to Jerusalem, He knows how this is going to end. This is why this is amazing that He continues on. That He takes this leg of the journey. He knows in, in, in verse 28 of Matthew, he says, he says the Son of Man didn't come to be served. The Son of Man came to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus knows what's going to happen. He is going to be betrayed. He is going to be condemned to death. He's going to be mocked and flogged and crucified in order to give his life as a ransom for many. And he would rise again on the third day. He knew what he was going to have to endure in order to save all those who would believe upon him. Let's think about the determination of Jesus Christ this morning verse 29, He left Jericho to go to Jerusalem, to go to the cross. He did this to obey and to honor His Father, to show that He trusted that His Father truly would raise Him from the dead. And He did all of this to save you because He was determined to save you. I think if my dad called me and said, Steve, I want you to go to Omaha, Nebraska. Well, right away, I'm like, no, that's probably not happening. But he said to me, then he continued on, and he said, when you get to Omaha, Nebraska, one of your best friends is going to betray you. He's going to turn his back on you. He's going to lie about you. You're going to be arrested for crimes you did not commit. You're, You're going to be tried in an unjust, unfair court. And you're going, to be, you're going to be condemned to death. You're going to be publicly mocked. You're going to be spit on. You're going to be beaten. And then you're going to be killed. And your, your public execution is going to be humiliating. And it's going to be the most painful kind of execution that the world knows of. I think if my dad called me up and said that to me, I would say, you know what? I'm going anywhere but Omaha. Jesus got the Word from His Father and He went to Jerusalem because He was determined to save you. He was determined to save you. If you're saved this morning, it's because, it's because of the determination of Jesus Christ. This is the first reason why Jesus is such good news. Here's the second reason. Not only his determination, but number two, the compassion of Jesus. Jesus' compassion. Let me read verses 30 through 34 again. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes. And immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. This is who Jesus is He is compassionate, He is merciful, He takes pity. There is this, there is this interesting mix of people in this story. In these five verses, these six verses, we see a very interesting mix of people. We see two worlds colliding here. You have, you have the crowd who's following Jesus and they're excited and they're clamoring for Jesus because they, they think that he is the Messiah. Now they're right, but they don't understand what that means. They've seen the signs and wonders, so they think that Jesus is the, is the Messiah who's going to save them from Rome. Who's going to Sit on David's throne and restore Jerusalem to its honor and to its glory. They think that Jesus is going to make them into a a great political power again. He's going to free them from bondage in Rome. He's he's going to be the king. And he's going to restore them to the glory that they knew in David's time and Solomon's time. They're clamoring for Jesus as this great political hero. This great military savior. So they're coming into Jerusalem with Jesus and they're saying, this is the one. He is going to be our king. Our future is bright. It's power and glory. So you have these guys. And then you have these two blind beggars. These two blind beggars. They're crying out for mercy. And the crowd rebukes them. The crowd tells them to shut up. This is not what Jesus is about. Jesus is on His way to sit on the throne of David. Jesus doesn't have time for this kind of stuff. These blind men have no place in the great glorious kingdom that Jesus is going to set up when He, when he rescues us from Rome and he, and he restores the glory to David's throne no blind people in this kingdom. These guys are nobodies. They're nuisances. They're just in the way. Jesus, of course, has all the time in the world for those who know they need mercy. If the crowds and the disciples had been paying attention at all Because the disciples were just as bad. The disciples were just as bad. The disciples, just a few verses earlier in Matthew 20, were were arguing about who was going to be on the right hand and who was going to be the left hand of Jesus. They were looking for a seat at the table. They were looking to share in that political glory and honor and fame. But if the crowds and the disciples had been paying attention, they would have known this was what the kingdom of Jesus was all about. It was about showing mercy to the blind beggars. Showing mercy to those who know they need mercy. Disciples, even, even after Jesus, would take them along aside and He would say to them, He would say to them, I'm going to Jerusalem I'm not going to be served. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. I'm going to be betrayed and mocked and flogged and crucified. Even after He said all of that, they still didn't get it. They were still fighting about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. They were still telling the little children, get out of here. Jesus doesn't have time for you. They didn't get it. The crowds don't get it. But these blind beggars understand. They understand that, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of David. He is the Messiah. He is the King. But he's a different kind of King. He is a King who somehow has time to be compassionate and merciful for those who need mercy. Let's never get this confused, church. Let's never get this confused. Let's never fall into thinking that the church is somehow all about the power that, that the world thinks of. The glamour that the world thinks of. The prestige that the world thinks of. That's not what the church is built on. The church is built on Jesus' mercy for those who know they need mercy. Mercy. That's what the church is all about. That's what we're to be all about. And aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful for the compassion of Jesus Christ? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Every single day, Jesus has mercy, compassion, For me, this is His everyday, 24-7 attitude towards me. Every day, His Gospel says to me, Steve, you're covered. There's no condemnation. There's no punishment for you. Jesus knows me. He knows I want to be way more important than I really am. I want to be way more effective than I actually am. I want to be way more efficient than I actually am. Jesus knows. I, I was thinking about this you know there's different ways that i've that i've seen my sin over the last couple of weeks this this coronavirus upheaval hasn't it's not the reason that i've sinned but it's it's shown me my sin can't blame coronavirus for the for the ways i've been impatient and anxious and faithless and grouchy can't blame coronavirus for that It's just kind of revealed it to me. I've seen new, fun, creative ways where I need the mercy of Jesus Christ. He knows I want to be a better husband. He knows I want to be a better dad. He knows I want to be a better pastor. He knows that because of my sin, I find new ways every day to need His mercy. He knows that every day I live with regrets. There are things in my past I've said and done. I can't go back and unsay them. I can't go back and undo them. And so I live, and and the people I love, live with repercussions of my, my, my sin. My sin from years ago. It's still nagging at me. I'm still feeling the weight of it. Jesus knows. He has compassion for me. He has... Mercy for me. I have good news for you this morning. This is not, these this news I'm about to give you is not based on projections. It's not based on the on the best statistical models we have available. This is good news that we're banking on Jesus Christ Himself. I have good news for you. I know. I know you. I know that as long as you live on this earth, you're never going to stop needing mercy. I know that you're going to have days where you're nowhere near as strong as you pretend to be, as strong as you want to be. I know that you have days where you don't have anywhere near the joy and the faith and the patience that you should have. I know you don't. I know there are days where your attitude and your behavior do not match your theology. Where the things you believe, you know God is good, you know He's wise, you know He's in control, but you, you're you having a hard time living like it. I know sometimes you choose selfishness over love. You choose worry over prayer and faith. I know, I know you're a lot better than you used to be, but you're nowhere near as good as you want to be, and you're nowhere near as good as you're going to be. And right now you're saying to me, Steve, this does not sound like good news. You are bad at this. That's what you're saying to me. Hold on for a second. You and I need mercy and compassion. We need mercy and compassion. And I also know that Jesus has more mercy and compassion in Him than we will ever need. You're going to need mercy every single day for the rest of your life. I'm going to need mercy every single day for the rest of my life. I'm going to need the compassion of Jesus as long as I live on earth. I will never wear him out. There is more compassion in Jesus than there is need in us. That is the second reason why Jesus is such good news. We have His determination and we have His compassion. And now finally, we see the saving power of Jesus. We see the saving power of Jesus. Verse 34 says, And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and look at this, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed Him. Jesus in pity, in compassion, in mercy, touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed Him. We love that Jesus is determined. We we love that Jesus shows compassion. We love the determination and the compassion of Jesus. But, those, those wouldn't mean anything if Jesus didn't also have the power to save. And that's what His miracles, like this one, prove to us. These miracles prove that Jesus is indeed the one who has come into the world to save his people from their sins. One of the things miracles point towards these healings one of them they point to the new heaven and the new earth where there will be no more blindness. There will be no more sickness, there will be no more virus, there will be no more cancer, there will be no more death. That's what Jesus is. That's partly what Jesus' miracles point us to. And then also, there are signs that he is indeed the one who has come to save his people from their sins. Isaiah talked about the Messiah who would come. Isaiah talked about the Messiah who would come. And he said, this is hundreds of years before Jesus showed up, he says in Isaiah 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness. On them, light has shone. Isaiah 35, say to those who have an anxious heart, maybe that's you or me this morning, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then, the eyes of the blind shall be opened the Savior will come and open the eyes of the blind. All of Jesus' miracles showcased that He could indeed do what He said He could do, which is save His people from their sins. And and His healing the blind might be one of my favorites. Because is there a better description of where we are without God except for we are blind? Hymn writer said, I was blind. Now I see. Our main problem isn't physical blindness. It's not any kind of physical sickness. Our main problem is we are spiritually blind. Everyone in the New Testament that Jesus healed eventually died, right? We, we know that. Like even Lazarus, he died again. Lazarus got to die Twice. Two obituaries in the newspaper for, for Lazarus. Can you imagine? You know what? I think I read this one already. I thought, I thought he... Are they doing reruns in the obituary column now? Lazarus died twice. Everybody Jesus healed in the New Testament eventually died. Our main problem isn't that we need physical healing. Our main problem is that we need spiritual healing healing. We need our spiritual blindness taken away. We need our eyes open to see spiritual truth, to see the Word of God, that God is the Creator who has made us out of nothing so that we would honor and glorify Him and and to see that we have chosen not to do this. And we have not cared one ounce for His glory, His grace, His majesty. We've snubbed our nose at Him. So we deserve His wrath. We deserve His anger. We deserve hell. We deserve punishment. We deserve judgment. And we didn't even know it. Just as proud as we could be wandering around in apathy and and, and rebellion and blindness. And then Jesus came and a great light dawned on us. And we saw And we knew we needed a Savior. We needed forgiveness. And we knew that only Jesus and what He did on the cross, dying for our sins, could save us. He is our only hope in life and death. We saw. The scales fell from our eyes. We saw that we were sinners. and We needed Jesus. He healed our spiritual blindness. This is a miracle far more improbable than opening the eyes of these blind beggars in this passage. That's what this miracle is about. And I have to stop and I have to ask you, have you seen this? Have you seen the truth of the Gospel? Have you seen the grace of Jesus in the, in the Scriptures? Have you believed this? Have you believed that you, you deserve, because of your sin against the Holy God who created you, you, you deserve punishment? That Jesus took that punishment for you. Have, you. have you believed that? Please do. If you have any questions, if, you have any, if you're wondering more about the Gospel and you've got things you just don't understand, please message The the church, please message our Facebook page. Please give us a call. Our contact info is on that Facebook page. Get a hold of us. Ask us any questions that that you have. And then church, if you have believed, if Jesus has opened your eyes, if you've cried out for mercy, And Jesus has had compassion on you. If that's your story, then listen to me. You've got good news. You are saved. You are saved. There's only one hope for life and death, and you have it. It's Yours. Because Jesus was determined to save you. Because Jesus looked upon you with compassion. And right now, He is determined to keep you His. And to keep you safe. And to bring you home. And every single second of every single day, He is looking upon you with compassion. Today is Sunday. I have no idea what Friday's news is going to tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Five days from now, I have no idea what what restrictions and guidelines are going to be handed down by the government. I have no idea what what the grim um, what the grim news headlines are going to look like. I have no idea. I don't even know what your personal news stories that you share for your family on, on, on your friends on your Facebook page are going to be. I don't know what Friday's news is going to be. But here's, here's the truth. When Jesus rode into town on Palm Sunday, when He rode into Jerusalem on Sunday, He knew what Friday's news was going to be. He knew how Friday was going to go. He knew He was going to be mocked and scourged. He knew He was going to be betrayed, wrongfully accused, condemned to death, and then crucified. When Jesus rode into town on Sunday, He knew what Friday's news was going to be. He rode into town anyhow. So He could save you. Church, we've got good news. Let's pray together. God, I thank You for this short time in Your Word. These few verses that are just packed. Packed with good news. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can call you Heavenly Father. I thank you that you are above, that you are are above and over every storm that comes into our lives. And no matter what comes onto our news broadcasts, our Facebook pages, our, our favorite news websites this week, no matter what hits us, This week, we know that there is good news that is above and beyond. That stands far above any other news, good or bad, that might come out this week, this month, this year, this decade. We know that Jesus Christ, because of His determination, because of His compassion, because of His power to save, is our only hope in life and death. We thank You for that good news. I pray that You'd fill our hearts with it. In Christ's name. Amen.